you are listening to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast with me, your host, Johnny Clark. Yep, that's right, back uh, hosting the podcast for the second week in a row. A very large panel this week, and once again, no old firm fans. However, it is an old firm 1-2 on today's podcast as we start with the Celtic match. And uh, Rangers are on a second, but as I say, we'll start with that that Celtic match. Um, and I'll introduce the three, the three guests first, Callum. Yep. How are you uh, doing? Delighted to, to be back and delighted for three podcasts in a row with no old fun fans. So looks like a promising <laughs> future for, for Burst Ball. Tom? Yeah, I'm uh, playing through a cold and risking my life to be on the podcast tonight. So. <laughs> what? Um, there's wires, I've just seen there's wires exposed in my earphones. So could maybe not make it through this podcast, but we'll wait and see. Um, Ryan, are you also hoping that Tom doesn't make it through a podcast? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, no, delighted to be back on. I think we should also clarify that we uh, have not locked our old firm fans away in a cupboard or uh, disposed of their bodies in the woods. <laughs> Lewis actually told me that apparently he's well, he's getting a, a, a shift swap so he can be uh, free every second Sunday, and uh, Gamba's apparently also free next Sunday. So we could have an old firm special next week, by the sounds of it. Um, anyway, as I say, we'll kick into Hearts Celtic. Hearts are the greatest shit houses in Scottish football in history, <laughs> um, and they're top of the league. And Levine's army are just absolutely flying at the moment, aren't they, Cal? Yeah, um, they're starting to make my uh, prediction look very silly when I predicted Hearts to finish eighth in the league <laughs> as they currently <laughs> sit uh, top. Um, but obviously it was, it was a bit talking in cheek when I said that um, it was maybe <coughs> just a bit of a laugh obviously I didn't really think that and just kind of wind up some Hearts fans and stuff but credit to them brilliant from them again like defensively they looked very very good um, you know looked quite hard to break down but then again obviously Celtic had a couple of chances themselves um, and Lafferty's goal kind of speaks for itself it was just an absolute wonderful strike which I'm sure will come on to as well as a uh, a legendary Stephen Naismith performance as well. You started to sound like Gary Lineker, uh, that tweet you put when England went out of the World Cup. Football's coming home is a fun song highlighting the lack of success. You're, you're saying, no, I never really thought Hearts would finish eighth. I was just trying to... Uh, <laughs> a bit of self-defacing de- <laughs> humour. <laughs> just a bit of banter, as they say, but nah. <laughs> it, it was more just the way that Hearts... And as you say, that goal from Lafferty, Ryan, that was just an absolute, an absolute peach of a strike, isn't it? Yes. Refusing to speak about Lafferty, man, because uh, I think <laughs> Lafferty's trying to engineer his way back to Ibrox with finishes like that. Mm, I know. He just seems to love it against Celtic, doesn't he? Um, I mean, that's his fourth goal in four games against them, I think. Uh, and to be honest, I, I'm not too surprised that he's popped up with a goal like that to win Hearts a game. Um, just seems to really thrive in these games against Celtic. But aye, absolute screamer of a finish, just sort of outside of the foot volley into the bottom corner. Mm. Uh, yeah, as you say, they've got four goals and he's got four goals in four games now, and, and Hearts have got two wins uh, over 
Brendan Rodgers now the first team to do that domestically uh, I think there was a few teams obviously that did it in Europe last season but the first team domestically Hearts and uh, Craig Levine's engineered both those wins obviously the 4-0 win at Tynecastle last year ridiculously um, and Hearts enjoyed themselves didn't they they had Lafferty with, their one, with the one finger up they had um, yeah, the tweet after the game saying the league leaders beat beat Celtic at, at Tyne Castle, and they had the the video of the the, the grass getting cut, which was uh, fantastic. I have to say. Talk about the actual game, though. Naismith, um, what did you make of the Naismith incident? I'll let you um, touch on this, Callum. You said you were going to defend him. <laughs> well, uh, ask me about specific incidents, and then I'll tell you. My views are well, we'll, st- we'll start with the one on Hayes then. Uh, Hayes' fault for diving into the <coughs> Naismith. He, he went in intentionally hurt Naismith, and I can understand Naismith's frustrations. Uh, but it, it was a bit naughty, but it was Hayes trying to, try to get a rise out of Naismith first. And Simunovic? Uh, that was revenge for the, the penalty that Hart should have had in opening minutes. <laughs> Oh, no, God. I'm not like that. I was just stupid about Petty, but it was still quite funny. <laughs> I hope you're not planning on becoming a lawyer with these defences. Um, Tom, oh, of course, yes. I thought that what was under the Hayes instant. No, no, because the Hayes instant he kicked him, eh, well, we went into him and then went up and started shouting in his face. Oh, he's shouting at him, yeah. Okay, they're laughing as well. Was we'll justified as well. I, I, I mean, I agree. Who was he was laughing at? Was it Jack Hendry or something? Yeah, it was. I, I it was Jack Hendry was laughing at, of course. <laughs> and I'm sure Tom's got some interesting stats about Jack Hendry in a second as well. However, uh, Naismith, I, I thought that was pretty genius, to be fair. That's that's absolutely excellent. <laughs> and, uh, but see, to be fair to Naismith, he's getting a lot of jet for Celtic fans, but getting a reaction at them uh, you've got to give them that one but uh, <laughs> as well as um, he's he's just he's a born winner he's a total born winner and uh, I would absolutely cut off my left arm to have him back at Kilmarnock I absolutely think he's top top class and it was great to see him in the headlines again Tom um, I don't think you've actually said anything yet on this podcast so we'll give you your Jack Henry moment yeah, Boom. I, I did predict. I did predict this at Jack Henry. I said when he went, he wasn't ready, and he's proven it. Um, just in case he mentioned an interesting fact that I might have for the first time in my career on this podcast. Uh, this is from a friend from Kerrydale Street Celtic Forum. Uh, domestic games that Jack Henry started: lost to Kilmarnock, draw with St Johnson, draw with Motherwell, draw with Dundee. Win versus Hamilton, Asterix, but he went off at one all. Lost to Hibs, drove to Kilmarnock, lost to Hearts. Domestic games he didn't start. Win against Aberdeen, win against Rangers, win against Ross County, win against Rangers, win against Hearts, lost to Aberdeen, mm-hmm. win against Livingston, win against Partick, win against Morton, win against Rangers, win against Motherwell. That does not make for a good reading, does it? Neither did his uh, attempt to stop Uche for the cross for Lafferty's goal. That was like... <coughs> Um, now I play quite a lot of fives as you may or may not know that was like when you're you've been having a tiring tiring game against somebody who's far far better than you and there's quite a lot of players like that in my case and you just know he's putting it that side you just, there's no way you can move your feet and that's me an unfit five aside player and that's that's exactly what Henry's feet were like he was like he was either bamboozled by quite a basic skill from Uche or he just looked shattered and he shouldn't have been it was only what the 60th minute or whatever Lafferty scored 
very very poor Hmm. let's talk a little bit more about hearts um, and probably a negative thing for them Christoph Berra has obviously gone off injury has a hamstring injury how big a blow is he going to be uh, Ryan how big a blow him him going to be him being injured going to be well it looks like he'll be a bigger inspiration from the sidelines as some hearts fans <laughs> will make you uh, <laughs> believe um, being carried into a seat at the side of the pitch still Attention. in his kit Aye. Um, aye, but <laughs> as opposed to him being on the pitch, yes, he will be a big um, miss just because he's been absolutely phenom- phenomenal for Hearts. And I think they'd have to replace him with Aaron Hughes, who, as we've seen, um, didn't really cover himself <laughs> in too much glory last week at Hamilton. So I do think that Hearts will feel, um, sort of bear the burden of him being out a wee bit, but. I think they'll hope. Do we know how long he's out for? Well, it's a hamstring injury, so I'd imagine he'd be out for a, a month or so. Um, mm. But it depends, obviously. He might have torn a hamstring, could have pulled it. I'm not, I'm not actually sure. Yeah. Um, um, but so, I imagine he'll be out for at least a few games. But, I mean, I think the thing with Hearts this season is uh, they have just signed a legion of players, so I think they should be able to cope with some injury problems mm. here and there. It is just mm. uh, a bit of a worry for them that is their best player on the pitch. Yeah, as you say, they've they've signed a lot of new players, um, and a lot of people were kind of judging them early. I'd say, or, or saying that they would be they wouldn't be able to bed them all in. Um, but Tom, it looks like well, obviously judging from the first two games, they have signed a couple of very useful players, and Ikpiatsu, Herring, and and there's more on that part that that have really impressed so far for Hearts. The Australian left back is it Grucho? Uh, yeah, he, he looks really good. Um, as you said, Herring, I think he looks. He's like sort of perfect Craig Levine player. Um, it does help when you've got the best, one of the best managers in Scotland, gel them in. Um, <laughs> and they did already have quite a good core of players there. I say core of players there, and I include Naismith in that. Uh, Lafferty, who hopefully will stay. I think if we want to see Lafferty regularly in Scotland, it's probably best that he stays in the uh, Hearts team. So I get the impression uh, Gerard probably won't play him too much. Given he was only bidding two hundred thousand, you'd, you'd imagine that bid will get uh, bigger if he really wants him, and so it should because he is a very good and effective player. Um, but no, it does help when you've got a manager like Levine to bed in all these players because he's seen quite a lot of clubs, <coughs> particularly in the lower leagues, go through massive, massive amounts of change in the summer, uh, and it's taken a lot of teams time to gel. I'll refrain from saying certain teams, but. Um, Hearts have hit their right, hit the ground running, starting from the League Cup and now continuing to the league season. Hmm. And uh, the last point on this game, and it's one that we've kind of touched on already at Celtic point of view, the the centre backs, and there does seem to be a big problem there. And Boyata's and and his agent have, have gotten into a bit of trouble this week. Uh, I think his agent turned up at training the day before the game when when training's well not open. Um, and then he's kind of stormed off when Roger said he didn't have time to speak to him and he's obviously seems to be forcing his way out um, first of all with the game a huge, pretty much a season defining almost a season defining game in, in the middle of the week how huge is this for, for Celtic and how big a problem is the, the centre back issue for them Callum well, obviously it's a huge game given that they're uh, Champions League um, you know Hanging by a thread, to be honest, because concede the the go home and and go away to obviously a difficult place to go, 
as a cliche goes, that's a difficult place to go. But uh, you know what I mean. Obviously, to, to consider going home the Champions League and going away, it's never ever a good scenario to be in. Given that Celtic are better going forward than defending, however, it might not affect them as much as other teams because they would have probably just went and conceded over there anyway, so they'd have to score. But it's. I know they kind of touched on it a wee bit in sports scene, but some cracks are starting to appear. Um, at Celtic, which is pretty interesting considering they couldn't have put a foot wrong for just about two years now. So, um, no, it's, it's interesting times. And, and I've seen uh, in the Daily Record uh, hotline that uh, Rogers is just spitting a dummy because he's. He's scared that Gerard's Gerard's now up and he's trying to find a way out of part of the kids, so you never know. <laughs> I'll give you your difficult place to go. Um a shout there because AK Athens have not considered a home goal since February. Yeah, I knew that. That's exactly why I brought it up. Yeah, sorry, it's um yeah, no, February. <laughs> just looking through it just now. Um <laughs> so they haven't yeah I think that was actually the first domestic goal they'd conceded obviously there was their summer break even two of their uh, friendlies they drew nil nil. so that's the sort of team they are 12 goals conceded last season so it's going to be uh, extremely extremely difficult as you say to go over there and score um, then again with the, the way Celtic do set up they should manage to, to knock in a goal um, we'll touch on the European games more after the the Premiership um, unless anyone's got any kind of points to make that have not ran through on this in the heart settling game then we'll move on to the other side of Glasgow ok yeah, we'll move on to the other side of Glasgow um, let's start with Morelos Rangers obviously beat St Mirren 2-0 Morelos with one of the goals goals from with the other to me Morelos looks to be a player that's a striker that's got everything apart from finishing um, and he's starting to, to, to add that finishing to his game, isn't he? I mean, that's another goal for me. It wasn't the most perfect finish in the world, but he, he is adding goals to his to his game, Callum. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know his kind of finish was getting a bit of a stick. Yeah, like, but obviously, as the old cliche goes, it doesn't matter how they're going as long as they go in. However, I actually thought it was quite a good finish. It, it's pretty hard to do that. See, so find the corner exactly for where he was. Not even a corner, the side netting. I, I thought it was a really good finish, uh, me personally. Especially mm. when you've seen the kind of pitch rip up when he done it. But I know why people were kind of, you know, it, it, it didn't look great, but I actually thought it was a pretty good finish. Morelos always been the kind of guy I thought would do very, very well in like a 4 4 2 or what I'm basically trying to say is, is somebody up there with him um, because he does he, his link up playing that's fantastic and he runs all day long and he can score goals however when you've got a park head as we've seen last season and he's missing three or four chances you just you, you can't do that uh, but given time you never know and he will be able to do that now so he's starting to add goals to his game and Gerrard's obviously shown a lot of trust in him to to continuously play him up top and uh, and obviously his red card got rescinded last week as well and straight back into starting eleven. So so no, it should be interesting to see how how he develops this season. But I would still, for a Rangers fan, want another striker in, and I would like somebody to partner Morelos up top. You said there was a red card rescinded. We're going to go round the the table here, round the panel. Um, McCrory's red card. Will this be rescinded? Will Rangers have another red card rescinded? Tom? No, I don't think so. It was a red card for me. Ryan? No. 
account. Uh, no, but I don't think Gerard's going to appeal it anyway. Um, so, so I don't think so. I think it was a pretty straightforward decision. Yeah, to be, um, it was Brock Madsen that was that was in on goal. His touch was a bit heavy, but I think it is a, a kind of stonewall red card. Uh, just on Brock Madsen, he was the only change for St Mirren in the in the game, and he looks to be giving them, you know, a bit of a target man, someone to aim for. Um, is that something that, that St Mirren need? Do you think, Ryan? Um, I think St Mirren just need to start. Uh, well, I mean, I know they scored twice the week before, but I think for St Mirren it's just about finding somebody who can score around fifteen goals this season. Um, and then that should be them safe because uh, I think that will he be that man sorry will he be that man to score 15 goals um, I mean I'm not sure it's a bit early to say uh, based on <laughs> one performance <laughs> uh, uh, at the minute I'm going to say no um, hmm. but I think I mean fair play if he does because I think if you get that 15 goal striker you you stay up in this division Mm. Uh, Tom, I'm going to come to you and it's going to be a question about Rangers um, summer signings for once it looks like Rangers have actually recruited quite well this summer um, Barisic is the next to come um, obviously after having played Osijek they decided he was Rangers quality and he looks like he could become a fan favourite, Koulibaly as well has been has been brilliant hasn't he what have you made of the Rangers summer? Yeah it's been a particularly effective one, maybe it's probably just what you'd ex- you should probably be expecting for a, uh, a club of Rangers size with the amount of money they've spent maybe it's just because of the last few windows where they've just been shambolic to say the best um, and it might not be over yet given that they lost Windass who probably is quite replaceable, he did have a good season last season but um, in Kent and Murphy and even in Jarrah they've got good wingers there already but given he played, he started last weekend and I think he'd been a big player for them already under Gerrard that they might bring someone in plus they got that 2 million fee as well um, so it might not be over uh, it's difficult to see where really they can improve probably a striker is where you'll expect the majority of the fees or the funds to go into be that Lafferty or maybe someone with a bigger price tag I was waiting to say a bigger profile but probably not going to get a bigger profile of Scottish football than Lafferty yeah um, Callum Tom's just reminded me there um, no, he's not reminded me because I've just completely forgotten. Oh dear! <laughs> oh, I cannot remember what I was going to say there. <laughs> I have completely forgotten. Tom, what were you speaking about there? You mentioned someone Lafferty. that reminded me. Lafferty. Um, no, Windass. before that, he's Windass. Sorry, yeah. A big senior moment. Yeah, I seen you discussing on Twitter the other day, Callum. Um, about Windass and, and you're speaking to Rangers fans what was your opinion on Windass because I, I remember you said you you thought he was good you think he'll be quite a, a big loss for Rangers yeah well <laughs> a few of my mates at Rangers fans are very um, it's, it's hard to explain like the like they watch him week in week out and stuff but they never really like Windass just because he's he's kind of styling that you know like because of his dad well, well, I was going to say <laughs> that's exactly why I'm going to miss him is because uh, we won't see, well, won't hear so much from Dean Windass, unfortunately. But, um, <laughs> but, wait, Josh Windass, see, because he's kind of styling, 
how he can like he'll no run himself into the ground, he'll no dive in for tackles and that. Like a lot of people don't like that, but I think that he can get away with that given when he does produce his quality. He was Rangers top goal scorer last season, if I'm right in saying. Mm-hmm. And when he's played through the middle, he's 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 class I think. But I don't watch him week in, week out, so that's why I trust these guys' opinions over mine. But from the outside looking in and from an opposition fan, I get the fear when you're up against Windows to be honest. Um I've I've always thought that he's one that makes a difference. I remember when we played Rangers and we beat them at Ibrox uh, 1-0 last season. And, like, Windass wasn't having a great game, but i seen changes were getting made and Windass is one of the first ones to come off. And at that moment in time, I go, well, that's his one they do. Because there's nobody else in that Rangers team that's got to cause us any problems. Um, so, I don't know. If, if I was a Rangers fan, I'd be quite disappointed. But given that I'm not a Rangers fan a lot of them don't seem to be too disappointed so, so it's just mm. it's, it's just my opinion on it but he's a player that I've always liked very good with both feet as well which I'm a big uh, advocate of yeah as you say we'll, we'll be missing out on, on Dean Windass but he left on a high note um, you know <laughs> flying out calling all the Rangers fans mongs um, a really <laughs> nice way to end that, a perfect relationship really between can, Rangers, Rangers fans and, and Dean yeah. Windass Back in the good book in the northeast. <laughs> um, last point on the Rangers Mirren game. This is the kind of one to all three is. Obviously, there's the display Rangers, our, our club, our city, and St Mirren had their their banner and they went saying, "Your club is dead. Your city is shite." <laughs> <laughs> Who is giving away these Rangers displays? Lloyd Cross. Lloyd Cross. Aye, yeah. <laughs> I really hope that is. I mean, that's just they're not really learning a lesson there, are they? Which is a shame because had it not been for that flag, yeah, that banner that St Man had that that'd be quite a cool display, like quite intimidating and stuff. And just when you see that wee pushy St Murren one, it makes it (laughs) (laughs) the same as that one uh, when um, they were playing in the uh, third division after the first year, and they had like the 147 years of unbroken history or whatever, and they're playing some diddy team and. They had, they had the banner up saying more than 147 days. <laughs> <laughs> no way! I've never heard about that. <laughs> so it's just, oh, it just makes it all the, all the better. It's just, it's just funny just seeing stuff like that. But of course, we can all agree that, that, that there's obviously no controversy about Rangers as a uh, past, and they have been the same club for 147 years. Mm. of course and that is the official position of the podcast yep. and we move on to St Johnson against Hibernian today's uh, or yesterday's if you're listening on, on Monday morning's uh, second game uh, finished 1-1 at McDermott Park first point of the season for St Johnson and Hibs remain undefeated and it was kind of Hearts shithouse and made it all the way to McDermott Park Tony Watt didn't even score and celebrated right in front of the uh, Hibs fans it was slow play from from Malin uh, in in the lead up to that goal, wasn't it, uh, Callum? Yeah, um, it was. Let's say Tony Watt just kind of thinking fast and just shows how long it's been for him since he's since he's found the net. Given his uh, his celebration for uh, was it um, who was it that actually they got the own goal? It's Porteous. Porteous, right? Uh, so aye, so. Uh, don't worry, I think Tony Watts' goals will come and you can take all his credit for that, you know, obviously if it wasn't for him there, there would have been no goal, he was very sharp in his feet and does the right thing and fires that across goal but obviously it takes, takes a nick and goes in, so, but nah, he'll, he'll, he'll do well there and I think Matthew Kennedy will do well as well 
and uh, yeah. I think you've seen that he'd, he worked to keep her well I've said well about four times there apologies but um, <laughs> Kennedy that when he comes off of the left and that's a good strike um, he's, he's a player that I've always liked and I was very disappointed when, when he left Kilmarnock all, all those years ago now yeah, Ryan, to, uh, Tony Watt will do well according to, according to Callum. Is that something that you agree with? You see him scoring a lot of goals for St Johnson? Uh, I know a lot of people kind of tip Tony Watt to do well for St Johnston. I don't see him doing badly, but I don't see him having a brilliant season. I just think, um, I don't know, he's, he's just not shown enough for me over the last four years that he will bag in, said, as I said, about 15 goals a season. I think he'll get a few odd goals here and there but I don't see him being a regular goal scorer unfortunately as a, as enigmatic a character as he is I would love for him to but I, I can't see it and Tom on um, from a Hibs point of view a Hibs striker point of view Ollie Shaw's uh, got another goal um, starting for Hibs and it seems to be kind of Canberra Thursday Ollie Shaw Sunday just now and he's it's a, it's, he's really relishing it isn't he he's doing very well up top for, for Hibs yeah, it's quite nice to see actually. I don't see too many young Scottish strikers scoring goals at the top level. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's sort of had a few, I'm not going to say false starts, he's scored important goals, he scored in the derby, or he didn't score, he didn't count in the derby, did it? Went over the line but didn't count. Um, and he's been sort of an impressive backup to other hip strikers in the last 18 months now, maybe. 18 maybe, years. Maybe a wee bit shorter. Um, and hopefully now he can sort of kick on because McLaren's maybe not quite the same standard as Canberra. You'd imagine Canberra's the definite starter, uh, and then it's between Boyle, McLaren, and Shaw for the next spot. Obviously, Boyle can be moved out wide, and that's where he played at the weekend. Um, but he is particularly affected down the middle as well, and obviously he can play three of them depending on who they're playing. But it would be nice to see Shaw. It would be quite a good. Um, bit of backing from Lennon if he picked him ahead of McLaren in the more important games when they're all fit which you'll imagine will be coming around the corner pretty soon now and now that obviously the European games uh, gives Lennon a choice whereas I think if Shaw wasn't scoring as many you would just say right okay obviously you're going to play McLaren and Canberra given the two senior strikers at the club or even just one of them but now you've got like the good problem in Ollie Shaw of score- him scoring goals as well Yep, Hibs are second in the league, so it's the two Edinburgh sides, uh, first and second, to start the league, and, and that's a good start for them, isn't it, Ryan? And, and for your home hometown city, considering they're they're in Europe. Uh, aye, I think uh, Aberdeen are on joint second, however. Um, <laughs> but aye, um, decent start for Hearts, especially Hibs. Yes, I could see Hibs struggling on Thursday night, though. I do have to say. Um, I don't know um, but I think I did see a lot of Hibs fans suggest that the league is the, where the priority should be I've seen them a bit um, not upset but just a bit disgruntled with the, the team lineup. Um, I think they believe that they should uh, just be putting out their strongest squad um, if everyone's fit which to an extent I don't know if everyone is um, Canberra just seems to be getting nursed through several games at the minute um, I know for a fact that Hibs fans uh, look on in horror as Whitaker continues to get picked for centre midfield. I don't think um, <laughs> I think Whitaker's time might be numbered in that position. But um, all in all, they're still unbeaten, so I can't really complain for Hibs at the moment. 
Yeah, Whitaker was <clears throat> absolutely howling in centre midfield against Asteras uh, when I was at Easter Road. Horrible. Got subbed off at half time to cheers. Um, <laughs> which was a bit harsh, to be fair, but he was brutal in centre centre of the park. Um, Is that what I killed him in there? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, um, Ambrose at right back was a oh. tough watch that day as well. Um, summed up by the fact that Asteras' left back got a double. I mean, the second one was a screamer, to be fair, but the, th- the first one was. He just looked awful. It's just, you know, you, you get that from Ambrose, but as you say, Whitaker was brutal that night, and I don't think that is a permanent position for him, or I certainly hope not. Funny you say about um, Ambrose at right back there, because um, remember when he was at Celtic, obviously, he was like touch and go, like one week he'd be outstanding, the next he was murder and sell you two goals. Yeah. But um, remember he'd done well. Way Nigeria right back, like he was that, that was his position there, and um, like he was meant to be really good there. And my brother in law, Celtic season tackle hold on that, and he was working down in Bolton. And then he went, went to a Bolton game and met Neil Lennon before it when Lennon was Bolton manager. And then, then he was at to him saying, uh, He was like, Aye, so why did you never play, play Ambrose at right back? Was no meant to be really good there in Nigeria. Neil Lennon's response was just, have you ever seen Effie try to cross the ball? <laughs> <That was> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but yeah, he's went and played them right back uh, since. But, uh, hmm. but nah, it's just, just quite funny if we were on that. <laughs> um, yeah, moving on to the Lanarkshire Derby. It was Hamilton with... It just seems to be quite a... A regular occurrence, or more than Motherwell fans would would like. Unfortunately, all of our Motherwell fans, all two of them, are cowering away from this podcast. We had one on last week, and we were promised um, the Motherwell fans would be making an appearance, but they are scared and crying after this defeat. Well, one's an Ibiza. Um, Ibiza. Ibiza. Oh, okay. He's uh, not crying then. And the other one is, let's just call them out, Lewis Burrow, who I think we can fairly say is running scared. Yes. What is he doing again, Ryan? <laughs> Uh, driving a big white van around uh, North Lanarkshire, I think, is the oh goodness, the um, oh the correct thing to say. Well, anyway, <laughs> are our Motherwell fans crying about Maine and Salmon playing up front together? <laughs> Two boiled eggs. <laughs> EDL man. <laughs> <laughs> No, I actually thought like, I thought they looked like obviously I wasn't there, but see the highlights. I mean, Salmon won like two or three good good headers and <laughs> and, and, and and main ran onto them. Like that looks like it could of the makings. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's meant to be tactical analysis. It's meant to be big man, little man. You get, you get big man and then the little man running onto the flex not a big man and then an even bigger man running onto the flex bald man and bald man <laughs> bald man uh, what about Salmon's assault on Ziggy Gordon by the way that was a, re- that was a red card demolished him yeah. I'd say that was a red card uh, welcome back hmm. Ziggy as he said in his ear I think yeah I think that's what Stephen Naismith would have said to him, but um, <laughs> no, it was uh, <laughs> it was assault and very kind of unlike Conor Salmon to be fair. Uh, so, uh, it was quite quite an interesting one. But to for the record, 
I actually don't think the main <laughs> partnership is, is as bad as people are making out. I, just, I know I'm laughing while I'm saying that, but I'm being deadly serious. It's just funny with the, the reaction that, that you guys gave it and the Motherwell fans, I don't think it'll be that bad. But uh, I, th- I think it'll probably work more beneficial when, uh, let's say, when Bowman's maybe fit. And who's the guy that came on last week at Easter Road? He looks really good. He, he missed a good chance, but he um, made things happen. Oh, Danny Johnson, remember, isn't he? yeah, Johnson. Yes, Johnson. So uh, I think that maybe somebody like that as well could could make it look better. But I, I don't think Salmon and Main is the, the end of the world. But probably every mm. Marvel fan and Lewis and Andy who know far more about it than me will be probably won't be happy with those comments. Yeah, I think uh, Lewis said last week that he didn't think there was a way forward. Um, as you say. <laughs> Bowman coming back in is more or less the same player with a bit more elbows uh, <laughs> with those two so I don't know I think Johnston could potentially be the way forward playing one of those three with Johnston maybe they've got Craig Tanner as well who's injured Tanner yeah mm. he's a good player I like him loves a goal against Dundee as well so that also goes down well <laughs> with me let's talk a bit about Hamilton because this is one that again as with most Hamilton wins nobody really seen coming and there's an absolute screamer as well that gives him the goal and it's two and a half seconds I, I don't know why they didn't do the the timer on sports scene the free kick gets hit it hits the wall and he blasts at first touch <laughs> it must have been two two and a half seconds he was on the in the actual field of play uh, when the goal goes in um, how do we see obviously uh, Speak a bit about that goal, uh, Tom, and, and how do you see Hamilton doing this season? Um, kind of like Ollie Shaw, uh, Boyd has had a similar sort of false dawn of a career. He, he scored a similar, well I say similar, but a similarly exquisite goal where he lobbed someone at the start of last season and he thought, right, here we go. Mm. Hamilton's a good place for developing a young player. And then he ended up going out on loan to Livingston um, where he wasn't quite a key player. Um, mm. you fear it might be something similar again but hopefully not that was obviously an absolute dream of a goal um, how he thought to just smash that so quickly maybe he didn't think maybe that was part of the beauty of it all um, sublime mm. um, I think he said he thought it was actually going over when he hit it mm. but it was an absolutely perfect strike yeah. um, and then you've got on the complete opposite end of that Cunningham's miss in the last minute Tywo does really well, plays it, puts it on a plate for him, and he somehow manages to hit the outside of the post through his six yards. Um, at that point, looking at the at the game, it looked like Motherwell dominated most of the game, but they they've almost been beaten two 0 at home by by Aki's. Are they going to be worried a little bit, Motherwell? Um, maybe Anyone a wee bit. I think still uh, mm. at Motherwell. I think it's the same sort of thing. It happen. It tends to happen. Maybe it's happened a wee bit killy, but they've got a good enough manager, it doesn't matter. Um, when the team mm. tends to do quite well, they don't really see the need to address problems because it's generally quite a positive atmosphere. Um, and you look at that team, the starting 11, 10 of them were there last season, one of them's Connor Salmon, the other one's Connor Salmon, who I think <laughs> kind of know what mm. you're going to get, roughly. Um, he's got his merits as a footballer, but he isn't a great goal scorer. Uh, and then you look at the bench, there's only like a two more there really that have come in Gillespie's not going to get much of a look in um, and as we touched on earlier I think they probably do need a goal scorer obviously Maine did it last season but he's not really been a prolific goal scorer in his career um, maybe that's me looking too far in the past and he's done it before more recently but 
you tend to find mm. the strikers at whatever level if they score goals they'll tend to do it elsewhere but and if they don't regardless if it's a higher level or not they don't tend to drop down too well um, I feel they probably do need a bit more creativity as well um, yeah. although that's maybe not quite as key under Robinson there's a bit more of a direct approach I don't think they need a, an out out number 10 to get on the ball uh, but they've got a bit of money now because uh, of Kipre so if it's spent well if it's spent at all if Robinson's happy with what he's got I don't know I, I don't think it'll be nearly as good a season as last for Motherwell but he proved people wrong last season I don't, there's no reason why I can't do it again this year I think this is probably the first season where Hamilton haven't been since they've been up they haven't been favourites to, to come bottom of the league obviously with Livingston in the league I think they're probably the favourites Um I don't think anyone here has actually predicted Hamilton to go down, have they? Um, do we all think they'll stay up this year? Um, I've backed them to be in the playoffs anyway. I think I think about mm. Levy Bottom and uh, back to Aki's to be in the playoffs purely. But again, they keep doing this, and, and, and they know how to they know how to you know keep themselves up in that. Like they know how to do it. But like they've always had a one kind of talisman, you know. Um, Either a Crawford, Templeton, you know, but they've no got that this season by the look of it, unless uh, big Bracky Springham starts banging in the goals or whatever. But, uh, but <laughs> um, <laughs> so that, that's why I've backed them for playoffs. Uh, we'll move on to the game that Tom and Ryan were at yes, um, yeah, yesterday. Dundee nil, Aberdeen won. Uh, Ryan, Aberdeen fan, will give you the first words on the game. Um, what were your overall thoughts? Yes, uh, glory hunting Tom decided to come along and see how football is really played. Um, Fucking hell, if that was how football was really played, I'm never watching it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope it was certainly better than Dundee United, Tom. Um, but aye, I think um, Saturday was all about just getting the, the result for Aberdeen, considering the fact that our squad um, still isn't set and we need... To, uh, have a few more additions, um, especially up front. So, for me, it was all. It was never going to be about the quality of performance, which, uh, to an extent, was all right. Um, a couple of decent performers on the day. I thought GMS had a really good game. I think he's starting to come into his own a wee bit more. Starting to take a bit more ownership um, when sort of in the ebbs and flows of the game, he sort of grabbing it by the scruff of the neck a wee bit more I thought Gleeson really stood up um, and was counted for the first time in an Aberdeen shirt, looks like he'll be a good player to have in midfield um, and defensively I think um, we've been really sound, I mean I think that's a thing um, this season, I thought McInnes was going to sort the defensive problems um, which were pretty evident last season um, and it, I think he certainly has, I mean we've only conceded three goals in the last three, four, com- four competitive games, inc- including games against Rangers and Burnley, so um, I think he's definitely built a sort of stronger defensive unit this season, with um, which has probably affected things up top. But I'm still expecting a few more signings to come through um, the door either this week or certainly, well, definitely by the end of the window. Yeah, as you mentioned, GMS there. Um so quite a lot of creative players left Aberdeen this summer. Do you think it's 
he'll, he's going to have quite a big role and he, he's he's going to have to step up to the plate more often because he's kind of a hit and miss or a one great game every four or five kind of player, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, that's what I kind of said there. That just He seems to... Um, looks like he's been told that this season um, and he's certainly uh, sort of provided in the the games that he's played so far maybe apart from Rangers um, didn't have that great a game but in the two over the two legs against Burnley uh, yeah, I thought he was immense um, and then obviously sort of came up with the goods on Saturday um, that being said I do think that McGinn um, needs to help him out a wee bit I think McGinn looked a wee bit jaded I don't know um, what that was about so I think he will need to get some help from around about him it can't just be GMS doing all the work by himself and I think that once Forrester gets up to speed um, our sort of attacking midfielder we've gotten from Peterborough I think he might be a decent player that could hopefully fill part of the, the boots of uh, Kenny McLean who's left um, obviously extremely tough job to, to do but I do think that we've still to get a few players in so it's tough to judge at the minute um, and I think McKenna said himself that now that the English window's shut he does expect a bit more movement just because English clubs can afford to let players go as they know um, what their squads are as it, the window's shut down south now obviously mm. uh, Let's come to you Tom you were at the game as well um, you were in the Aberdeen end you just dying to you, you can't even wait to, for Premier League football or Premiership football to come back to that street uh, at Tanadice you just have to go up the road <laughs> yeah I was just boring my seat for next season because uh, that'll be us back again hopefully <laughs> oh no um, no no I, I thought I, I said to myself after about two minutes knowing that Ryan was there that I'll try and watch this game through a sort of Dundee set of eyes um, mm. and I think always thinking about the podcast Tom yeah it never sleeps. Um, <laughs> it was a sort of a lot of the criticism that has come since the game has been the lazy. Uh, they've they keep missing good chances, and Moose has got that quite tight. He'd had a couple of chances on the sports scene that were shown, but when you think about it on the inverse, that if if you're expecting this to be a good chance, the left foot when he had shooting towards the Dundee fans away from us, um, was quite a hard chance. If you think. He, if they, if you go with that expectation, he should be scoring that. I think you're totally wrong. Ballpark. It was a really hard chance. Um, it would have been a spectacular goal, and I think it's people that don't particularly know or watch Dundee that this is where this is. Oh, it's typical Dundee. Um, they were played some quite nice football, which they did today uh, on Saturday, and they just didn't take their chances. I think the problem was lying a wee bit deeper in that they didn't create enough chances. Uh, and that might just be because Glenn Kamara's not playing and now he's got a bit of support in the midfield where last season tended to do it just him McGowan and now he's got Maddie Anga and Elton who are uh, both look like quite good footballers um, if not a bit inconsistent and that as long and Spence as well in the first half was alright but the problem was they just didn't seem to they weren't urgent enough to get the ball in it didn't help that there weren't playing any wingers Um Nathan Ralph was virtually non-existent at left back and I think when you're when you're playing without wingers you need your full backs to be up and down and in fairness to Jesse Curran on the right hand side uh, he merits his uh, place in the squad ahead of Cammy Kerr he's been good so far this season the, the three two and a half games I've seen him play um, but uh, 
they just they just don't seem urgent enough. And Musa's a limited striker, and if you and if you limit his chances even further, you're not going to score as many goals. It's as simple as that. Um, and Musa and Mendy aren't good enough strikers to do it on their own. They're not going to go past a couple of players, or they're not going to um, take a half chance. As we've seen so far, Musa's fourteen months in Dundee and Mendy's three months, or not even two months. Uh, so. Until they address a sort of creativity problem, and it looks like McCann's after a striker plus one more, which is probably going to be a fullback, um, then it'll just be the same. They're not going to score goals. Yeah, I've got written in, in my notes for this game Musa and same script, and you've basically just told me I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> so thanks for that. But we'll, we'll, just one more point on Dundee before we move on. How have you seen their, their summer recruitment? Obviously, there's a lot of players that are still unproven, but do you think they've. They've had a good summer. Um, okay, summer. Uh, the players, as I said, Madianga and Elton look like good players. Um, Mendy looks okay. Dear <laughs> me. Nathan Ralph looks garbage. Hopefully, he won't be starting. Uh, maybe that's me being a bit harsh on him, given I've only seen him play two games Nathan Ralph but I just don't see what he offers he's weak he does. He looks a wee bit injury prone as well for my liking as a full back I think it, it's still very much a work in progress, uh, progress and I don't think McCann's going to be given as much time as he was given or afforded last year given how poor a start they had and it looks like they could go on for it again um, I, I do think they need it will help when they get Deacon and Kamara back particularly Kamara but I, I do think in terms of just getting a player out wide who can just do something uh, it was a bit one dimensional against Aberdeen um, maybe that was because Aberdeen are a better side and funneled them in towards their strong area of the park in Aberdeen's defence but I would say it, they're worth their weight in gold but a good a good winger as much as a good striker can get 15 goals as Ryan said is important it helps when you've got a good winger who can lay on 10 to 15 goals I think that's probably what Dundee should be targeting but doesn't look like they are Yep, and we'll move on to our sixth and final game, uh, goalless game. There was only seven goals, by the way, in the top flight this this week, um, which is somewhat depressing. Um, but our si- sixth game, you were at Callum uh, with our good friend and soon-to-be podcaster, the Snowman. Um, Kelly had half the crowd there. What did you make of the game? Um, game. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it was PTSD. <laughs> the, the highlights um, <clears throat> make it look actually not too bad but it was probably one of the worst games of football I've ever experienced in my entire life <laughs> I've been subjected to but not even like obviously I've been to like worst games like you know getting hammered and stuff and been like terrible but I mean like in regards to both sides I mean there wasn't much much football played um, what I will say is that I've underestimated Livingston <laughs> massively <laughs> I think that I I think they'll do. I think they'll maybe do all right. Like, well, not all right. To reiterate what Kenny Miller's been saying all the time, um, that they'll be more than competitive in games. Uh, I think they they looked very well structured, hard to break down, press the ball very well, and I think teams will struggle going to. I've got to say Almondville there, but of course it's a Tony Macaroni arena. <coughs> Is it arena? <coughs> Tony Macaroni, I think so. Stadium, I guess arena. Arena, right? Uh, it is an arena, to be fair. Nah, 
to for- <laughs> as a fortress. Yeah, as a fortress, so I'll give them that. But no, uh, very poor game. Mm, there was a few worrying signs for Kamarnock perspective in regards to crying out for a bit of creativity. Um, mm. But we all know that we are a side that are um, a lot better like, not to have the impetus, if you get me, you know what I mean, like to, to sit in and counter attack. So these last two games have been quite difficult for that perspective with St Johnson as well. Two teams that came and sat in against us, uh, which is obviously fair enough. I mean, like, that's what we do to other teams, but we're, we're better when we're, we don't need to be in the ascendancy. Um, and uh, because we've not got many people who can kind of play the ball through, through the thread of the needle or whatever, but, um, it's uh, kind of for creativity, and I'm expecting to see some signs, especially with Erwin away to Iran. Yeah, I was about to come on to that. What do you make it of that movie? It's John Toshak's boys that he's assembling over in Iran, yeah. Tractor Sazi. It's just um, it's bizarre. I've heard that. Um, yeah. Like, well, obviously, he's joining Harry Forrester and um, Tony Stokes. <laughs> so that should be some night out with Lee Irwin and Anthony Stokes, <laughs> I'd assume. So, um, <laughs> but. Uh, in Iran, it's ridiculous. What are getting up to? That um, well, I don't think we're getting a fee for him. Come on, it's a strange one. I think that there was hmm. maybe something written his contract potentially, but we're certainly <laughs> not getting any significant amount of money for him. Um, but what I have heard is that him, along with Anthony Stokes, obviously Forrester and some of the other kind of Western players that they've signed, will all be living in Dubai. And they'll be flown over oh my. to Iran only for the game. So they do other training in that in Dubai, and then they'll be flown over to Iran. So I think that tells everything you need to know, kind of thing. Like, oh, it's, wow. been, it's obviously life changing money for Lee Irwin as well, so I can't really grudge him the move. But I'm disappointed because I, I really like him as a player, and but I wish him all the best, and I would like to see him back at Kelly if it, when it inevitably doesn't work out in a couple of months' time. Uh, but no, that, that, that's, that's allegedly the truth that they. They're uh, flying over for Dubai of, of, just for the games. Um, just the last point on Kilmarnock. Sorry? Yeah. Well, maybe it's not a case of cheap talk. Maybe it's a ca- case of trying to convince Lee Irwin, Tony Stokes to live in, in Iran. Aye, 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 aye. That's exactly. I, I don't think money's the least of their problems if they're often guys like Stokes and Irwin, like, well more than £10,000 well, a week. So. T- shut up. Wait, is that what they're on? Well, to to well, people are quoting twenty grand. I don't buy that. Fuck off. I don't buy that. Lee Irwin's not on twenty thousand pounds a week. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. But for him to move over there, it's well to move to Dubai rather. <laughs> uh, it's got to be more than. It'll be more than ten. I think about ten, if no more. For him oh to my god! I was thinking it'd be four or five. No, no, ten thousand no. pounds a week. Aye, minimum, mate. So you re- you reckon Lee Irwin's earning half a million pounds a year? Uh, easy, aye, easy, mate. That, 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 that's oh what they're doing. Why else would they go? I don't know. Five, four or five grand store. What more you'd be earning at Kelly? Aye, that but he's making about five, six grand a week wages. minimum at Leeds United. If no more than mm. that, so like for him to move to, you just need to do the last. Stokes would have been earning, well, kind of over his time at Celtic and his time with Hibs or whatever, he'd have been earning good money. So like, for them to go to Iran, so right? But obviously, Dubai's a 
pretty nice place to live as well. No, anyway, no, team's loaded. I think we're getting uh, yeah. away from the point. And my last point of Kelly is Callum, your manager called the Scottish Premiership the SPL. Uh, well, it obviously annoys me, but it is it's the the authorities problem because still too many people refer to the SPL which tells you that's what the marketing was about so oh, the branding's terrible isn't it ah it's atrocious which, which annoys me even more is when people say SPFL talking about oh. ownership as well aye like it's just I suppose that's less wrong though because it is in the SPFL no I know but people would refer to that because they think they're using the right term like they think mm. that's updated to the SPL opposed to the SPFL being the, the whole system the Premiership Championship League 1, League 2 have been the, the pyramid system within it but aye branding problem Steve Steve Clark's old school so he probably still calls <laughs> it the first division as well and the SFA in, in the school cup <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll move on to Livingston uh, unfortunately the, the main talking point Tom is their pitch which wasn't great by the looks of it and um, the first first game we've seen a picture of Sean Byrne with pellets all over his face uh, what do you make of that what do you make of the pitch uh, traumatising to be honest with you plays enough football on pitches like that burns you get from trying to slide tackle people um, God knows what they'll be doing because this is their living they must slide tackle uh, well I say must but there was a lot there was enough to seriously seriously uh, graze <coughs> your thighs and you, oh and those rubber pellets as well. I don't want to say like Stephen Thompson, but still find them in my house all the time. So, do you play fives, Tom? <laughs> I was a bit. I knew someone was going to say it. I, I do play fives. I'm actually guy. really, really good at it as well. Oh, I can vouch for KC well knows. Yes, I can vouch for him. <laughs> good day, Bob. Nah, I'm just joking, but just joking. Um, <coughs> further on, on uh, Livy I've seen comments saying Sean Byrne could, could walk into any team in the league he's, he's had that good a, a rise yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how do we see Livy doing this season and obviously from the Kenny Miller comments mm-hmm. as well uh, do we think they'll be they'll really tough to break down especially on that pitch at home I like Byrne he was close to sign for us in the summer months God knows why he didn't decide to join Lazlo's army um, he was one of the first that was linked with us. Um, really quite disappointed actually. He's just quite canny in the midfield. It's just mm. it's worrying that I I see a canny midfielder as being a sign of hope. Um, <laughs> but he he he's a great loss. Uh, I didn't, I actually didn't realise they'd sign Lawless. Um, I really like him as well actually. Another one that's been linked with us in the past. Uh, that's quite a good signing because I think he probably could have. Well, I suppose he's not really been that good the last couple of years. Um, but no, I, I think, as Kendler said in his pre-match interview, post-match, it was post-match actually, apologies, in his kit, which is always a wee funny sight, um, that they should be, they should be, they should be at least be able to match their opposition, which I suppose, given their budget and the experience of the manager and players, um, is no mean feat. So there's, if it continues this vein, um, my uh, sincere congratulations to Kenny Miller, despite not looking at all. Hmm. We'll quickly run through the the Champions League and the Europa League for our teams. Three teams still in it, so we're going to make the most of it. 
let's just have a, a kind of what we think will happen. We'll start with you, Tom, um, given that you're the European expert on the panel. Mm, um, a lot of pressure, how many of our teams, eh? That's a lot of pressure. How have you gained that title? <laughs> how many? Um, just because Tom knows his, his European football. Knows his stuff in general, really. Dearie me. <laughs> yeah, he, just, he just knows a lot of stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, When's Ryan the last time Dundee United were in Europe? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, right, uh, how many of our teams will get through, Tom? I will go with... I want to say three, but I think I'll go two. Who's going out? Hibs. Hibs, yeah. Do you agree, Callum? Uh, yeah. I was going to have a shoot that would be funny that Rangers would be the only team in European football, which would be quite funny, actually. Obviously, not funny for the Scottish game at all, but in regards to... Well, Celtic could go into Europa League if they lost. Aye, right, but do they not... Oh, right enough, aye. I was thinking that they would still have to qualify, uh, at least a lap play-off or something. Good to, That's you're not expert, right. Good to see it's been a while. Good to see it's been a while since it's been a while for last in Europe, Casey. So... <laughs> <laughs> We've been coming to Europe a few times in films, so. Because uh, of the conspiracy against us. Nah. <laughs> and Ryan, how many? I'm actually going to say zero. I'm surprised that Ryan can comment given that his team gets knocked out of Europe after the first round every year, so. Oh! <laughs> Second round, sorry. Third, I think you'll find. Um, so, your your stat has gone from. No. Unbelievable to simply false, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> is it just the second round? Sorry? Is it not just the second round, the Burnley game? Yeah, but not every year. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. Apologies. Uh, come on, come on right, guys. Right, this We're is becoming Right, we'll move on to something that we do know some stuff about then. Uh, championship and it's Dundee United. Um, a massive win for Dundee United. Safranco with one of the goals, Stanton with the other. Uh, a talking Franco point Spade. was Loemba. is a uh, performance, apparently. So, a couple of new signings playing well, Tom. Yeah, Loemba looks quite good as well, actually. Quite surprised there was, when he signed, there was um, quite a bit of animosity uh, aimed towards Laszlo as if there already wasn't. Um, just because <laughs> no one knew him. He didn't really have much of a profile before. It just seemed like, here we go again. Another Rodney Schneider or another Riku Risky who goes on to play two games or twenty minutes in Schneider's case and just never see it. But he's already done more in his Dungeon United career than a lot, and I'm I'm not just exaggerating here. A lot of the signings have, um, since we've since we were going down in the Premiership. Um, but no, it is encouraged to see signings do well and Safranco as well. A nice finish, uh, Slovakian international too. Um, there's two international appearances came against Uganda and Sweden in which they lost both <laughs> with an aggregate score of 9-1 so we'll just call him a Slovakian international we'll not delve any further into that <laughs> I think um, so it is nice to see us win but these are the, this is a game we, we should be expecting to win um, for all Korea in the South traditionally should be a hard place to be uh, to go they're probably the 8th best team on from the start probably maybe ninth, given how well Aero have started uh, the, the team that you'd expect and they're one of the teams that probably don't have realistic expectations of making the playoffs so these are the games we need to win because so, ma- so much of the division does or do see themselves as playoff if not better contenders mm. um, and the first half by all accounts was very very exciting played three at the back which is something I've been crying out, but crying out for for a while 
Uh, we've got the players to do it now. We've got fullback slash wingers Naird, Robson, Booth. Uh, that are a bit more natural at doing it. Um, whereas before, we, if we tried it, we would have had McMullen and King, who aren't quite as good going backwards. And it's maybe the last time we'll see McMullen and James Keaton, for that matter, in the United shirt. Both look like there's something going on behind the scenes anyway, at least. Uh, but no, the first half was quite a pleasing performance. Uh, just sort of seen glimpses, given that the the highlights I've seen of what Lazo's tried to uh, bring in, what that is, we think, is a sort of attractive style of football. Um, and then in the second half, we sort of to the same as the week before against the Fairman, sat in and sort of just hoped and hoped and hoped. And this time we got lucky. We got absolutely obliterated uh, last weekend. So. Whilst it's a win, I'm not going to throw my support behind Shabba just yet. Um, we've got a question for you, Tom, that I'm going to ask now from Jeff Waddle. Um, who next for United job after this weekend's brief respite from shite? Mm. <laughs> That's quite good to put it, actually. Um, providing Shabba doesn't go on to emulate the, the great Jim McLean and stay in charge for years and years, uh, who will be next in charge? Hopefully Robbie Nielsen. Probably not, given why on earth he would want to come here and tarnish his reputation even further. Uh, I'd mm. probably expect either David Hopkin, if oh, he's God. not already snapped up. Is he not at Bradford? Um, depending on how long Laszlo delays the inevitable. Or Laurie Ellis, his assistant. I say his assistant. He's been kept on because we couldn't get rid of him. Couldn't afford to get rid of him. Um, he was in charge in the two games between McKinnon's second and Laszlo's appointment. And won them both. And is a very very likable character very popular amongst United fans so either of or either of those two and then probably ideally Nielsen um, mm. but the good thing is we've got Laurie Ellis there if either of those two uh, bids fail maybe even Jim McIntyre who was at the game recently as well uh, I was going to say McIntyre mm. would have been my pick for United but to be honest with you just I would just be happy to see the back of Laszlo Shabba Poor Shabba gets a 2 1 win at Palmerston and people are still slagging him. Uh, respite from shite. Um, <laughs> my league favourites, Ross County, uh, proved why I picked them as league favourites. The only team to win both their opening two games. A 3 1 win at Dunfermline. An absolute screamer. I hope you have seen it. A real yes, firecracker from Mullen. The top right hand side of the box, across the goal into the top corner. Yeah, it was a cross. Yeah. Shut up. Nah, I don't know. Who crosses a 60 mile an hour ball into the top corner? Matterboard <laughs> <laughs> um, players. <laughs> Ross County's squad, as we said last week, it, it, it does look like the their title favourites, um, and that just kind of backs it up, uh, doesn't it, Ryan? Uh, yes, I actually backed Dunfermline in my coupons. It was uh, <laughs> same. Raging, shall we say? Um, <laughs> no, I actually thought Dunfermline would uh, get one over on Ross County here. I think I, uh, most people in the podcast backed uh, Dunfermline to have a good season, and I thought that they would show their title credentials with a win against Ross County. But I was proven I know nothing about um, football, and uh, Ross County ran out. Was it three one in the end? Yes, am I correct in thinking that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think I also predicted Dunfermline to win three one. Uh, in, the, in our wee predictions so um, I a pleasant pleasantly surprised shall we say and I think Ross County um, will be 
coming up through the playoffs, if not the league. Yeah, uh, Lewis will be happy. Harry Payton didn't even get onto the bench. I don't know if he's maybe injured. Um, but again, that just highlights the strength and depth. For me, they've obviously got the most, well, apart from what Dundee United should have, they should have the most spending power in that league. If, if not, it's Ross County. They've, they've got the money, they've, they've got a fantastic squad. The only question marks probably come with the, the, the managers. Um, but for me, I can see Ross County winning this league. I would even say I can see them winning it quite comfortably. I think they're standout favourites, um, and that just kind of backs it up. Um, next game, Park against against Falkirk. Again, of course, I was at the game. Um, another depressing first half for Falkirk. Uh, they've not conceded a goal after the 31st minute this season, and they've still managed to lose four out of six games. <laughs> which just kind of tells you how slow they start games. They were 1-0 down against Inverness within 10 minutes last week. They were 2-0 down after half an hour against Thistle this week. Um, they were behind against Matros, East Fife, uh, and St Johnston all at half-time in the League Cup. The only time they weren't behind was against Forfar, and that was probably their worst 45 minutes of the entire season. They could have genuinely been 3-0 behind, and it wouldn't have been unfair at all. Forfar missed a penalty in that first half as well. So first halves and the first half an hour they've conceded our first thirty one minutes they've conceded six times scored none. Second half they've scored five and not conceded a single goal. So whatever Hartley's doing to them at half time he needs to do before the game, uh, essentially. So again much improved second half, but it's it just comes too late and, and Hartley admits that admitted that himself after the game. It's just it is too little too late for them. Yeah, a nice goal from Reese Greenwood in the last minute, and it and it was a lot better in the second half. Andy Irving looks a brilliant player, by the way, really really good. 18 years old, and two man the matches in his first two games. And he's already top of the um, player player of the season contest that, that I'm doing. So he's he's flying already. A great start for him. 16 new signs, obviously going to take time, but. <laughs> It's a very. It's just when you say it, it's it's become normal for me. But when you laugh there, Rick, I do I do kind of remember like sixteen new signings. Yeah, it's a full squad. Well. Oh, he's he signed more players than Alawa named than Park Thistle named in their squad for the first match of the season. <laughs> and there's still yeah, there's still one more to come, at least. Speaking um, as and a, a another Kilmarnock fan, when Lee Clark was signing everybody, mm-hmm. especially like four right backs, and none of them ever played right back. <laughs> um, <laughs> like that's just it's not a good combination. And I'm just looking at Falkirk's team there, and Fasan and is our number one and stuff. It's Fasan's had a good. He's been very good this season. Has he? I think he. Yeah, he's he's been really good. Um, he's not made a mistake yet, and he's he's actually kept them in a few games. God almighty! Um, right, well, fair enough, but like, I mean, just like there's just nobody. That, like, see, before you looked at Falkirk sides and mm. say, oh, there's a good call there, but I just don't see it. But I've got Matt. Like, obviously, a lot of these guys are kind of for the unknown, uh, and obviously, yep. Johnny, you cover them and watch them on a regular basis. So, no more about it than me, but there's just like you, before, Johnny? like e- even when Falkirk were like struggling, there was still like, a right good kind of quality there, and I just don't see mm. it. It's interesting what you say with the right backs because at Falkirk it's the left backs. Right. Uh, Mark Russell signed 
he was signed in number 16, Russell. He was a left-back from Morton. Morton, right. And he signed, he became... Tommy Robson was first-wrist left-back last season. He's not played a championship minute Is that this season. he's in jail for a while then? <laughs> <laughs> so he's not played a minute at left-back. And this brought in Russell now, who played left-wing on Saturday, who's, not, who's a left-back as well. And Patrick Bruff came up from Morecambe, and he's been injured, but he's a left-back too. Um, and then they played Jordan McGee at left-back. Who's <laughs> a centre half against Park? He's even left. Uh, with two left backs on the bench. No, no oh. it's it, it's bizarre. And then they had Muirhead at right back. Um, also not a right back, so they basically had no full backs, which could seen them. Thistle completely dominated them. Then the the full backs for Thistle were. It looked like something they targeted. I'll say that. Um, anyway, we'll get a quick word on Thistle because that's a huge win for them, and they've announced another signing today and. Matumbo, who was at Inverness for a brief spell. It's it's a huge win for them because they needed obviously after the the double loss to 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 Air United, Tom. Yeah, uh, they they look like they need players in as well as you said. Mm. Um, Togo was one that's been like, um, but as you said, yeah, a good victory. Um, still kept a few of their good players from last season, like Chris Erskine was. Yeah, well, yeah he's a player. class above yeah, on, on Saturday again. Yeah, a Premiership player, and to keep him here in the, at this level is quite exciting. Maybe it's maybe taken away from their budget. Um, I understand quite a few of them signed new contracts um, with a sort of lesser wage, maybe a bit more incentivised, as we've seen at United. But um, And I can totally, as a United fan, have seen numerous, numerous players come in and come and go in the last three years. Uh, maybe... What, uh, quality over quantity is maybe the way to go, but mm. and and as people have sometimes say, it's, it's uh, quite a hard division to last in. But I don't think it's too grueling on your body. Um, so I, I don't think you need a a squad the size of Falkirk's to do well in this division. Yep, the last two games in the top flight: Alloa nil, Morton two, which is really shouldn't be underestimated for Morton. Um, Chris Miller with a double, his first brace for thirteen years. Um, and a, a second was was quite a nice strike as well. I've got to say, by the way, Alawa TV or Wasp TV as they call it is brilliant. Really good commentary and really good highlights, um, which I was surprised to find out today. I was really really impressed with that. Um, but a big win, a big win for Morton. And the last game, Inverness Air, sixty minutes with with ten men, and Air, Air showed that they're going to be gritty as well this season. You know, they're not just Shanklin, they're not just goals. They're going to be a tough side to beat. But the talking point from this game, um, I'm not sure to come to here, I'll come to you, Callum, is Paul Worth, Paul Worth, sorry, and uh, Mark Ridgers as well, the keeper, both came out on, on Twitter last night and they were furious with the, the fans ab- abusing them um, during the match. And, and Paul Worth's been getting a lot of stick on, on Twitter oh, as well. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Because you know, it's Inverness fans. Okay, yeah, that's that's what it weird. Makes it funnier. Um, to be honest, like I just like you've got to um, you've got to take stick. You, like, I know it's it's hard and stuff, and like you, you, well, I think his point was that it was more than stick that he was getting. It was stru- difficult to read his, his tweet, but yeah, he, he said that his, I think he said this is it. Abuse me all you want. Start calling my family slags embarrassing from home support. 
Swags, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't have any punctuation, so it just says, start calling my family Slags, embarrassing from home support. So I'm not sure what so he... he could be referring to them as Slags or something, right? I'm not sure. And, and Mark Ridgers came out with a, a similar, similar tweet. These are just the two I've seen. Maybe there was even uh, more. I don't get it, because they were... I said they were they won it they've won last week and they've got a clean sheet this week and a nil nil but it's not exactly like a start season start that makes you call your uh, midfielder a slag. And Mark Ridger says some fans out of order with the abuse directed at a player. It's frustrating but personal abuse is disrespectful, especially from your own fans. Did Polworth have a howler or something? He missed the penalty. Missed yeah, he missed the penalty. Isn't it? Right. So it's I don't know it's it's, it's bizarre it's very bizarre but um, mm. I it's you make you make it worse when you come out like and kind of you should have the right obviously to kind of speak up for yourself and stuff but like when you come out and that fans just react to it even more and will probably give you more of a hard time um, I think personally as the old cliche goes it should be doing his talking on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll go into League One where Brecon City, Tom, have won a match for the first time in 470 days. We are just delighted for them. I know, what a feeling, eh? Um, <laughs> yeah, must be a brilliant feeling. The amount of times I watched Brecon last season just actually not play too badly. They, they mm. weren't, just, despite their po- points tally, there were some games that were bad, but there was a lot of the ones I said they weren't actually too bad at all. And I do like. Sinclair in the midfield nice big midfielder I actually was kind of surprised he was one of the very few that didn't stay in the division mm. he was one that impressed me he came off the bench quite a lot though um, but no absolutely brilliant for Reekin to win a game uh, in the league what was the was the last league game would have been the Aloha playoff was that the, well, the last league? league game what was the last league win I don't think that, that doesn't count as a uh, league the playoffs don't count as league. Apart from anything else, the, the burden. That it was April 2017. <laughs> hmm. And obviously they lost to Steny in the opening day against 10 men for the second half as well. Uh, that sh- yeah, as you say, it's going to be a massive uh, monkey off the back. Um, our Broth uh, beat Stranraer 3-1. They're at the top of the league with two wins from two. Stranraer's goal, though, is the talking point. Yeah, has, has anyone seen the goal yeah, from Luke Donnelly? Yeah, it's nice, isn't yes. it? Absolutely yeah. brilliant finish, yeah. Sign for Aberdeen. <laughs> um, but Arbroath top of the league and <laughs> maybe another team that have been underestimated uh, a bit this season. Montrose with a, a 1-0 win and they're, they were 4-1 to one on Saturday, by the way, at Airdrie. Um, yeah. I backed them, but again, they're going to be extremely gritty this season Montrose and as as you say um, it's a, obviously they're kind of completely opposite from Airdrie who are very attacking Montrose love defending and I think they could have a similar campaign to last season obviously not not they'll be aiming for the title but mm. they can make the playoffs potentially um, league favourites Wraith Callum they won 2-0 against Stenhouse Muir uh, do you still see them as, as league favourites, Wraith? And what did you make of this app that they brought out as well? Uh, Should I ask Ryan about this? Right, d- d- just before that, quickly just obviously on Wraith, uh, pretty professional performance and stuff. Um, kind of 
what you would expect. I'd say obviously Stenrich Muir won the week before and stuff, but it it just sums up the kind of league as well because as you say, when Montrose won and won now away from home uh, the week prior yeah. to that, despite getting absolutely bodied uh, last <laughs> week as well. So no, but I, I would expect the rest of beat Stenrich Muir comfortably at home and. As I say, I would think they'll win the league comfortably. But what is the app all about? Ryan. <laughs> um, basically, Wraith Rovers fans can take penalties on this app whilst waiting in the ground before the game um, and what? play a, a, <laughs> play a I think young fans sh- were bored. Um, so they've decided to eradicate the boredom by giving them an app to play with whilst the game's going on. Yes. Right. Uh, wait, wait. What actually? What's so going? it's just like a penalty shootout game, basically. Well, it's they're not the actually fans. taking real life penalties. No. <laughs> oh, so on an app, Tom. <laughs> Grandpa, it's an app. It's on the phone. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I thought they put in a request or something they could just go on the pitch <laughs> in the middle of the match not in the middle of the match it would be stupid at half time oh dear oh, okay. um, mm. aye, but as the old saying goes uh, kids should be getting off their phones and out onto the streets to play football kids so, should uh, be getting off, off their phones and out onto the pitch during the match to take a penalty <laughs> yes might, <laughs> might improve our game uh, but yes um, good to see Wraith Rovers have um have to release apps due to the lack of quality on show at Stark's part. Yeah, well, we, we would have obviously been at the launch. It wasn't for me being sick last week. Um, <laughs> Ryan was devastated to not <clears throat> to not make it. Some child cowpole, you might have been okay, but um, in your bed <laughs> by half six, I think. Yeah, indeed. Um, anyway, sorry, we'll just before, before you we'll move see. on, I just want to... My revelation from League One was, from the weekend was that uh, our broth's TV is called 36 nil TV. Yeah, because of their record-breaking victory. Yes, pretty cool. I had no idea about that. <laughs> Just because mm. you've seen it in the top of the corner for that amazing goal. Hmm. Indeed. Uh, another amazing thing, John Baird scored a double for Forfar at the weekend, and that's a fantastic away win for them at Dumbarton. Mm. Um, John Baird's assistant manager there and playing at the same time and that wraps up League 1 into League 2 on the weekend a delayed match between Queen's Park and Berwick <coughs> finished 1-0 to the hosts Annan beat Cowdenbeath 2-1 Cowdenbeath everyone kind of thought they were going to be better this season they might still be but that's two defeats to, to start the league Clyde won 3-0 and there's a team that will be a lot better this season 3-0 at Sterling Albion that's five goals none conceded and a great start to the season Elgin with a fantastic win over Edinburgh City um, Shane Sutherland with a goal and that'll be huge because I think Edinburgh could potentially have a, a, a very good season this year I thought I seen during the week as well on, on Elgin they were selling season tickets out of a car oh my god <laughs> which is brilliant classic um, and the last game is John Brogan's Albion Rovers nil Peterhead 4 and John, John Brogan wasn't Brogan. too happy with the um John Brown local Brown. press during the game I think he said that their comments were shite <laughs> and he's going to speak to them on on Monday, Monday about it so he's, he's not best pleased 
Um, and he's probably not best pleased at the fact that his team have been beaten 4-0 twice already and it's, it's only August the, the 12th. Um, and a lot of people I've predicted are going to come bottom. They've signed a lot of junior players, junior manager. It's going to be a long season for, for Albion Rovers, I think. We'll move into the, bit, uh, the Iron Brew Cup. Sorry. This week's fixtures, I'll just I'll just run through the ones, the main ones. Kamarnock's 20s versus St Mirren's 20s is an eye gouger that as a terrible advert for anything, just football in general. Imagine that's a kid's first football match. Goodness me. Um, so Falkirk are away to Rangers under 20s, which is at Fourth Bank. Uh, moved from Ibrox, must have dis- disgruntlement of many players. <laughs> Stenny are at home to Queen of the South. Ross County are away to Hearts is under 20s. If any of these games stand out to anybody, which well, the this, this sounds of the, the opening few is, is maybe unlikely, then obviously just shout out. Peterhead versus Brecon. East Sterling should have Motherwell's under 20s. Inverness on Fermlin <laughs> is a good tie. It's mm-hmm. quite exciting. Um, yeah, that's probably one of the better ties, actually. That's a tough tie for an Ironbrew Cup first round. I'll say the, the, the foreign teams, shall we say, coming in the next round. Berwick, Airdrie and Barton Morton. Stranraer, Partick Thistle. So a decent tie. Edinburgh City, Albion. Will Albion be on the end of another 4-0 defeat? Um, I'm not even going to mention that under-20s match. Hamilton have got Clyde at home. Livingston with four for at home. That is, again, depressing. Queen's Park Air. Uh, Wraith Aberdeen's under 20s. Aloha Sterling, Cowdenbeath East Fife. Dundee United have St Johnston's under 20s. Yes, there. Which is an absolute. Oh, no. It's Dundee United's under 20s as well. No lads. Is that what they're doing? So I'll be showing my support. Wait, uh, what's that? Scott Roberts and other 20 managers, they're taking charge. So, oh, really? Yeah. That's a big statement for Dundee United. We're too big for this competition. Yeah. It, it's an insult. It's an insult playing St Johnson's 20s, isn't it, in a competitive game from Dundee United's first team? Mm-hmm. So what, like, Dundee um, United are... F- wait, like, they're fielding their 20s? Yeah, it's under 20s. Yeah. No Laszlo involved. None of the first team players. You might see maybe Keaton's at McMullen, because they've been... Or Keaton's particularly, he's been trying for 20s. But, but it's I meant to be, really. like, the Dundee United senior team, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, man. And <laughs> um, the last few games, somehow... How has this even happened? Where we've got Inverurie local works against Fermartin in an all Highland League tie, and we've got East Kilbride Spartans in an all Lowland League tie. Could, how have they managed to even ruin the, those teams being involved by putting them against each other? It, this is just the cups. It's ruined by the under twenty teams for me, but that is drab. Cove uh, have Montrose, uh, Elgin or Broth is the last game. Inverness Dunfermline must be furious that they managed to draw each other there. Um, or that it the, might be an easier way to get out of the tournament. Well, if you're thinking like that, then um, <laughs> well, I suppose so it is, it, the competition is depressing with the, the 20s teams, isn't it? Is this something that you all agree with? Yes. Yes. Uh, definitely. The foreign teams is one thing, but the 20s, they've got no place in there senior football in my opinion anyway anyway it's time for some questions we've already answered one Tom you've already answered one Callum is Johnny Hayes okay asks always Gorgy um, well he deserves all he got for that uh, horrible attempt in Stephen Naismith 
Nah, just kidding. I, uh, I'm sure it is okay, but we'll still be rattled by uh, Naismith. Hmm. Ryan, realistic title race this year? Gerard to make it 55 before Brendan makes it 10 in a row? John McNabb asks. Well, why have you asked me this question? <clears throat> okay, Callum, same question. Yeah, well, well I'll take it then. Uh, no, uh, no, 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 I was just kidding. Um, no. Oh, Rangers will right not then. make it 55. Hmm. <clears throat> Aberdeen will win Callum? the league before Rangers. Um, I think that... <clears throat> I think Celtic will wisen up a bit to be honest see especially after um, Champions League they get the Champions League obviously I'm not saying they won't concentrate in Europa but Champions League is a kind of bread and butter in it but I think that I, I still see Celtic winning the league comfortably to be fair I think maybe see Rangers win a cup though Next question who's most likely to pull off an upset midweek in the Iron Brew Cup Um this from Lee Con, and I'm not actually sure. He said Clyde Stenny or St Johnson's under twenties. So St Johnson's under twenties are away to Touch United to pull off. No, to pull off an upset. And Stenny are playing Queen of the South, but Clyde are playing Hamilton's under twenties. So I'm not not really sure. Mm. St Johnson's under twenties. Could potentially be under twenties game. Uh, I'm just going to assume he's taking the piss out of Dundee United Tom I'm going to ask you that question yeah I'll go, I'll go St Johnson purely because it's just going to be under 20s and I'm only mm. going just to add another game to my season tally which I'm trying to oh, oh ego <laughs> an ego filler of a game yeah <laughs> and the last question uh, it's from our very own Lewis Kemp if Amazon did a documentary series on one Scottish club what club would you choose and why not yeah. Livingston I think he actually <laughs> <laughs> oh, well we've got to say something there Ryan yeah did we not <laughs> partly discuss this oh god man, that's well somebody was tricked by it last week yeah yeah sorry I've got one. Sorry. What's your answer then? Sorry. Oh, uh, sorry. Does it have to be Premiership? No. No, Scottish. Oh, um, I'll say Edinburgh City. Right, Um <laughs> Be interesting to hear what uh, Jeffrey. The, the crowd's walking to the cinema. Um. Good youth policy that that uh, team. <laughs> but I will say that's that's quite a good question. Obviously, I know he's he's been quite mischievous with it, but it's uh, <laughs> that's, that's kind of a cool question. I would go for mm, um I don't know. That's, that's a really hard one. Um, Breaking say nah. Um, I actually generally think Edinburgh City is a show because they're probably the most kind of recent, you know, the kind of like new senior team kind of thing. Mm. Um, so, so we all laughed, but however, we come round to my, my right, Tom, you, your pick. Unlike yeah. these two boring, ponderous plebs, I'll go <laughs> Hearts. As much as I'd quite like to see behind the scenes at United a bit more, but what? just to see more Levine on our television screens. Mm. I will go with Fort William FC 
Oh, Dan, you're an account. Oh, Hi. Scottish football team. Ah, that's my senior team. Dear me. What, does it say that? Well, yeah. I asked the question. Well, I choose uh, Grant <coughs> Behind. Alright, I choose uh, Huddleford United. Oh, no, you already chose Edinburgh City, but alright, no, no, baby. No, I didn't. I said that Edinburgh City was actually quite a good shout. No, alright then, I'll say, uh, say Green Amateurs, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have your own football team? Yes, I do. Oh, nice. How are you getting on? Okay, we've got a first uh, kind of competitive game on Thursday, so. Oof. Europa League mm, football, straight away. Yes, and I'm, doing my be- <laughs> and, and I'm doing my best to leave the dugout on uh, Sunday so that I can go to the Commandant game instead. So I'll maybe get, I'll, I'll maybe get somebody to fill in for me so that I can go to see Commandant beat Stephen Gerrard on Sunday. Yes, indeed. Um, and we'll be back next Sunday. Um, this has been episode 213. Callum, thanks for joining me. Pleasure. Tom, thanks for joining Yes, thank you. I won't be on the next week. I'll be in Amsterdam, enjoying the city. Oh, and you'll be there as well, Ryan, am I right in saying? <coughs> yes. Have, or, yes, throttled Tom. Don't Tom, too excited. Tom, uh, Tom actually won't be back on the podcast, um, having been found dead in a canal. Something in Amsterdam. <laughs> I've got a few is it, is it true that you guys are going to Amsterdam? Sorry? I've not heard you speaking about it yet. Uh-oh. Oh, uh, <laughs> rumour is Johnny will uh, be in the office this week at the Falkirk Herald. Um, just I'm actually going home this week to, to Forest, but yeah. <laughs> no. Right, since everyone's getting a bit tired, another 90-minute podcast, we're going to wrap it up. This has been episode 213. We'll be back next Sunday with less babies on the podcast. Um, so hopefully we'll see you then, Callum. <laughs> um, as always, thanks for listening. Cheers. Thank you.